0: It's been wonderful journeying through prayers from the upper room in the book of Acts chapter 2 and the title of the message this evening is the Holy Spirit it's God's gift for everyone and isn't it wonderful that we serve a God that wants to empower equip and enable us his children so that we can go out into the highways and byways and be the hands and feet of Jesus where he calls us to be is anyone encouraged by that tonight yeah. amen And I want to read for us Acts 2, 17 to 21, verses that you may be familiar with, but don't let that familiarity cause you to disengage tonight. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? Amen. Do you know, in those four or five verses, the word will appears nine times. Times, And I don't know about you, where you are in your walk with Jesus, but isn't it wonderful that we serve a God who guarantees. When he sends out his word, it never returns void. Every promise is yes and amen for those in Christ Jesus. And when God says he's going to do something, he does it. Amen? amen? We can take confidence from that. And what's beautiful for us is the promises that we read in the earlier parts of those uh, verses are plural. So we will see repeated Expressions and manifestations of those dreams, of those visions, because God is pouring out His Spirit. And you know the best part? He pours it out on everyone, regardless of gender, regardless of race, regardless of class, regardless of educational status. It's open and accessible and available to everyone. The question tonight, friends, is do you want a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit? There is no distinction. These verses are potent and powerful for us to enjoy and embrace tonight. God has no favorites. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has no favorites. (laughs) There is no distinction made between one group or another. We are all equal and valued in his sight. I could almost close the Bible and, and finish now. Because that's a word for someone. You're not inferior. You're not irrelevant. You're valued. You're loved. You are his son or his daughter in whom he loves and in whom he is well pleased. You are precious in the sight of God. Can you begin to acknowledge that and then move from acknowledgement to acceptance? Move from acceptance to an appreciation for it. Why? The Spirit is for us. And we as Pentecostals need to reestablish our access to the Spirit of the living God simply by asking. Luke 11 verse 13 says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? John 3:34, He gives the Spirit without measure. And so I want us to go on a cycle this evening. I want to start with point one, openness. How open are you to the Holy Spirit? Before we all say, oh yes, I'm completely open, ask yourself the question, what are the restrictions, what are the barriers Sorry, that are hampering and hindering the Holy Spirit having full access in your life? You know, the Holy Spirit is a gift, and if you want to receive the gift, you've got to be open. You can't receive a gift in the natural if your hand is not open and ready to receive it. The more open you are to the Holy Spirit, the more ready you are to move into the new season that God has for you individually and for us as a church. So I ask the question again, how open are you to the Holy Spirit? Because our perception often precedes our reality. We think we're more open than we are until we have examples like Imam says when she was sharing her testimony earlier, she didn't want to forgive. We might find ourselves in moments where the Holy Spirit empowers or encourages us to do something and we go, "Ah, not, not quite, not yet. And we remove the possibility of God working through us. Life as a Christian is a lot less complicated than we make it. The goal is simply to imitate Christ. He wants to empower and equip us for effective ministry, to live supernatural lives fueled by a supernatural God who empowers and equips us through the Holy Spirit. And that will continue until the good news of the gospel has reached every tribe, every tongue, every city, every nation, every continent, right across the face of the earth. I ask the question again, how open are you? One of the ways to remain open is to be receptive and receive all that God has for you. Maybe you're a bit like me. Do you filter things? I'll do this, but not that. Or I'll do this to this point, but not the full of what God asks me to do. That's problematic because we are picking and choosing in our Christian walk what God asks us to do. And the climate and the culture of today is trying to erode our confidence in God's Word and in the power of His Holy Spirit. But you know the old song, I won't sing it, Just One Touch from the King changes everything. Your circumstances, your perception of yourself, how you see your calling, how God calls you to lead others unto righteousness for His name's sake. Everything that you do for God is down to how open you are to Him. He rules and reigns in ways where your intellect and your information cannot. The Holy Spirit transcends transcends culture, borders, political persuasions, everything. And I'm convinced that we are seeing a shift in the global body of Jesus Christ to the things of the Spirit once again. Amen? The Spirit is one. The Spirit is one. And we need to get in line with what God is doing. Because otherwise, we become jaded. We become unsatisfied. We go through the motions of our Christian walk where we get up and we get dressed and we come to church and we stand and we sing and we sit and we smile and we go home and nothing changes. And yet one touch from the king can change everything. Yeah. How open are you? I want to suggest to you this evening, friends, your level of openness is going to be a mirror reflection of how much God changes your life. Yeah. That's tough. That's tough. Because we all want to say that we're open, but then we might not see the change that we want to see in our lives. The church of Jesus Christ must accept the new move of God and be open to new levels of passion, power, compassion, grace, and love. That is how we are going to make a change in this dying, destitute world that we live in, because we are going to carry the grace, the glory, and the goodness of God everywhere we go. And so I asked the question again, how open are you? Let's remove the barriers and the blockages that limit the fullness of God's power from being displayed and demonstrated in our lives. You know, when you live a radical life, people will be um, threatened by that maybe initially, But after a while, they are going to go, what has this person got that I don't have? How are they in the midst of their storms and trials still rejoicing, still worshiping their Lord and their Savior? And you know what you're doing? You're being an effective witness for Him. Daniel 12 verse 3, those who are righteous will shine like stars in the sky and lead many unto righteousness for His name's sake, amen, is there anyone willing to brightly and boldly shine for the Lord Lord, so that we can reach the lost with the good news of the gospel, we've got to wake up from our slumber and our sleep and we've got to be refreshed, we've got to be revived, we've got to be renewed and we've got to be sent with a refueled passion to see the lost come home, but you know this openness, it produces an opportunity that we must take, point two, Obedience. Oh, man. Ooh. <laughs> obedience. This is hard. Anyone with me? When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, opportunities to walk in deeper, more consistent levels of obedience start to emerge. It requires a fresh consecration, a dedication to the Lord, a heart and a life that is fully submitted and surrendered to God. That is a very potent weapon in God's hands. So my second question is, are you fully surrendered? I learned a long time ago, partial surrender is not surrender. And I humbly put before you, partial obedience is not obedience. Who took the people into the promised land? Joshua. Who should have probably taken them into the promised land? Moses. What happened? He was told to do something, speak to the rock, and he struck it twice. That disobedience cost him. Jonah. What was he called to do? He was called to go to Nineveh, a large Assyrian city, and prophesy because they were behaving wickedly. Where did he go? Does anyone remember? Tarkesh. The exact opposite direction. And I wonder in our lives tonight, friends, when God calls us to go here and we don't like it, do we do the opposite? (laughs) Do we literally run in the opposite direction? How obedient are you? Because geographically, those two cities were literally in opposite directions. Never avoid God's ways of maturing you. God is not happy when we don't obey him. And it's tough because God calls us to do stuff that we don't want to do. New seasons bring new opportunities. We need to shake off the tried and the trusted methods of engaging with the Holy Spirit and permission Him to move as He pleases. We must surrender control, confidence in ourselves, and position our hearts to live the way that God calls us to live. Ephesians 5 verse 8 says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. We are called and commissioned by God to be children of light. That means that we don't walk in rebellion to God's voice, but we seek to live in complete obedience to Him. And when you have that deep conviction from God, you submit yourself to Him by walking according to the Spirit. There needs to be an immediacy to this. If you're going to run, Run to Jesus, amen, not to the things of this world. But what does this obedience produce? I want to suggest it produces point three, an overflow. Romans 15, verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't let the familiarity of that verse stunt your ability to receive the promise of all that is contained within that verse. It's time for a fresh move. We need deeper revelation. We need genuine words of prophecy. God wants to overflow in every single area of your life through the power of His Holy Spirit. Are you receptive to that this evening? Do you need a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit? Anyone got favorite Bible verses? Anyone got favorite Bible stories? One of mine is in 2 Kings 4, 1 to 7. The widow had two sons. Husband had died. He would have been a man in a position of authority at the time. And she has a debt to clear. And what does she do? She's open to what the prophet has to say. She walks in obedience to what the prophet tells her to do. Go and get some jars. Go and ask all your neighbors. Get as many jars as you can get your hands on. She's thinking, I've only got a little bit. God can work with that little bit. Amen? And what was the result? God overflowed in every part and area of her life, which means the same is accessible and available to us. You are not just a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Amen? You're the head and not the tail. You're first and not last. You're above and not below. God has a plan and a purpose. Are you open? Are you obedient? Because that will produce the overflow, and that creates this beautiful cycle As you overflow, you will find yourself being more open. As you're more open, you'll find yourself being more obedient. As you're more obedient, you'll be overflowing again. All so that you can give out to others, to the body of Christ, to the lost, to the hurting, and be the hands and feet of Jesus where he's called you to be. It comes down to one thing. Do you want the Holy Spirit's power in your life? Not your intellect, not your wisdom, not your rationale, not your own strength. Lay down the structures. Lay down the systems of what you're familiar with. Open up your heart afresh. God wants to pour His all-consuming power into your life right here, right now. Because that's the same power that conquered death, hell, sin, and the grave. That resides within you and within me. Amen? Amen? So we need to get plugged in. This is where we move forward as a church, individually and corporately, into a glorious season of fruitfulness, faith, favor, and freedom in Christ. These verses should remind us that we cannot fulfill our individual callings or commissions alone. Most of what we see going on in the church today is powerless because they're not plugged into the source. What separates us is that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. So who here wants to live a life poured out to God? I believe you'll achieve it by developing this cycle of openness, obedience, and overflow. And as you are open to the new things of the Spirit, you will find that you will walk in deeper, richer levels of obedience to Him because you're going to give out, you're going to serve, you're going to be filled, you're going to be refreshed, you're going to be renewed. And it's right the way through the Scriptures. Isaiah 44, verse 3. For I will, there's that, promise again, pour water on thirsty land, streams on the dry land. I will pour my Spirit upon your offspring, and my blessing will be on your descendants. I love the unity of Scripture. You know, there's only alleged discrepancies in the Scripture. There are no discrepancies in the Scripture. It is infallible. We can trust it at its word. And Genesis confirms it. God's covenant to Abraham. And the beautiful promise to bless the earth. Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's land. I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. But it's verse five that really gets me. It starts, "Abraham went. That's it. Yeah. Like, and that, it's one of the verses that I live my life by, and I, I still am challenged by it. Because he's open, but he's also obedient, and God overflows into his life. There's no deliberations, there's no delays, there's no denials, there's no negotiating. It just says, "Abraham went. Why? He knew there was no joy for him outside of God's will for his life. He wanted to be right in line with where God wanted him to be. KT, tonight, do you want to be in line with where God wants you to be? Do you want to be filled afresh with the Holy Spirit to move in the plan and purpose that God has for your life, individually but corporately for us as a church? No discussions, no deliberations. That obedience was fueled by his openness that produced the overflow. And what would accompany the pouring out of the Spirit in the book of Acts? One thing, miracles. Look to the person next to you. That person is a miracle. Your salvation in Christ is a miracle. That will always be the greatest miracle on this earth. And so, Katie, I want you to stand with me this evening. And I want you right where you are, to close your eyes. Don't worry about the person next to you. And I want to ask you a question Where are you on that cycle? Are you open fully or open on Sundays but closed during the rest of the week? And if you are open, how obedient are you to what the Holy Spirit calls you to do? Is it partial obedience? Is it obedience to what you think is your will? Or is it obedience that is complete and comprehensive to God's will? And if you have achieved those first two steps in that cycle, are you utilizing the overflow of all that God has given you to see the extension of his kingdom through your impact and through your influence? Where are you? because I think we need to get into that river, that river of openness that produces that obedience, that produces that overflow. And all of it is for the glory, the goodness, and the grace of God to manifest through your heart, through your life, through your ministry. And I believe that God wants to call us to lay down some stuff tonight. Some of us, we're not open for the simple reason we've been hurt, we've been let down, we've been disappointed. You need to come to the altar and lay that down. That is hampering and hindering your progress and your ministry in God. For some of us, we're, we think we're obedient. I know I thought I was. But it's partial obedience. You're Jonah. You're Moses. You're obedient to a point. Please understand me really respectfully. Partial obedience is essentially just disobedience. It only works if you are completely obedient. And so maybe tonight you need to come forward and say, you know what, I've been living in disobedience to God. I've only been obedient to a point or a place where it's been comfortable or convenient. I've not got out of the boat into the water and walked where he's called me to walk. I've not done what he's called me to do. I've not been who he's wanted me to be because it's been comfortable, it's been easy. And maybe you're struggling tonight to steward the overflow. You've stored it up for yourself. You're enjoying the benefits and the beauty of that. But he gives it to you so that you can give it back out. So that you can shine brightly like Daniel declares and lead many unto righteousness for his name's sake.